As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. That really comes back to knowing yourself and knowing your value. I mean, we are so powerful as women and we are so valuable. And I think that a lot of times, especially in the dating arena, we lose sight of that because we see ourselves through the eyes of others, you know, and it's like, oh, what did he think of me? And I think it's really important for us always to remember who we are and what we want and what makes us happy and be be savage about getting those things. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. We're here and we're doing it and we are back to school and everyone is sort of settling back into the reality that, oh my God, this year is about to end. But today we are having a really fun conversation. We're lightening things up a bit because we're gonna talk about dating after divorce, particularly rules for dating after a divorce. And we have Carrie Pyle Lawrence on who is a blogger and she started the blog Diary of a Divorcee and it came on my radar a couple of weeks ago and I thought it was so brilliant. And I'm so excited to have you here, Carrie. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Of course. I want I want you to tell everybody and me a little mm-hmm. bit about your backstory and how how you came to be this this Diary of a Divorcee blogger. Um, well, how much time do you have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, well, the Cliff Notes version is really, you know, I, like most people had a very, very traumatic divorce story. Um, my ex was cheating on me for a long time. He had a long time affair and, you know, I had two young kids and um, my mom ended up dying the same week I found out about the affair. So I had this huge traumatic story, right? And I, with the loss of like, basically the two most important people in my life, I really had nowhere to kind of like put all of my feelings and all of my kind of, um, and I felt really alone in that process. I felt that there wasn't a lot of um, support in that area of just like figuring stuff out and just venting. And so I started writing and sharing my journey first on Instagram. And then it kind of has continued throughout my process. So from what went from the trials and tribulations of trying to figure out how to get divorced and, you know, becoming a single mom and learning how to be alone again, and, you know, doing everything on your own has now kind of um, transcended into a dating space because I'm just following my own personal journey. And so now that I've moved so far away from that terrible moment and kind of embraced and found my own happiness 
within myself. Now I'm in this dating arena, which is, you know, completely different than when I dated in my twenties and um, completely different. It's a whole new ball game. I mean, first of all, there's, there's like all these other tools that you can use with like dating apps. And when I was dating in my twenties, you know, that wasn't something you ever told anybody that you used, you know, it was right. super embarrassing. Absolutely. And, and now it's the norm. And so I felt that there wasn't a lot of talk about, there was a lot of talk about what to do, like top down effect. Like I'm the professional and I need to tell you what to do. But what I wasn't finding a lot of was actual real authentic experiences that would allow me to feel like, wow, there are all these crazy things that are happening to me, but I'm not alone. It happens to everybody. And that's really why I started Diary of a Divorcee. Well, I love it because it's one of those things, you know, just like divorce and co-parenting, no one can really prepare you for Uh what it's like, you know, dating is hard. And then you, you throw children into the mix and co-parenting schedules and all of this stuff. And it's that much harder. Um, How old are your girls, by the way? I know you have girls. Yeah, I have two girls. They're six and nine. Six and nine. And how old were they when you separated? One and four. Wow. So it's been a while. It has been a while. I want to know, because I get this question a lot. How long do you think is the right time to wait before you start dating again? I mean, you know, I never, again, like I made all of the the bad mistakes, you know, I did all the things, I made all of the mistakes early on. So when I first was getting divorced, I like chopped into a long distance relationship, like right away. And do I think that was the right thing to do? No, absolutely not. So I think that it's really important for you to really rediscover yourself before you start dating again. I think that Mm -hmm. that is the number one thing. And you know, you don't know what that you're a different woman after divorce, you are a mother, you are, you know, probably a professional or you're, you know, you don't even know how you like your eggs, as they say. So you really have to kind of like test out. For me, I think probably I should have waited maybe like a year, but I needed to feel loved at that moment. I felt really lonely and it felt really good. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think it's great that you're honoring that. Like, we're humans. We crave affection and attention. And for a lot of us, we're wondering, am I still attractive? Is somebody still going to want me? So I think it's only natural that people do feel like they have to jump right back out there. But obviously we learn that that can be a crash and burn situation, right? Sure. I guess the answer to your question is really, there are no rules. You know, I mean, when you enter into a, in a dating space after divorce, all the traditional things that are the right thing to do kind of go out the window because you've been there, you've done that, it didn't work. Right. So now you're in this new space where there's not a ton of like, rules or they say like, oh, you need to wait this amount of time, but then, you know, you meet somebody and then it feels good and you just kind of go with it. And so you just have to really do what's right for you. And you really have to honor yourself, but never settle. That's my, that's my main thing is don't settle. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think understanding what not to settle for starts with understanding yourself and like really taking stock in what didn't work for you in your first marriage. Even if you didn't want it to end, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, here's why this person maybe wasn't the best person for me, even though, you know, I would have stayed married to him and really, and really understanding that. Yes. Like you said, you're a different person now. What are my needs today? Well, I no longer want the guy, you know, with the cool car and the, the big muscles, because what is that going to do for my life and, and my child? Like, how does that benefit her and, and re-strategizing? And I think that's so important. So what were some of the differences you found 
like your priorities in, in dating after mm-hmm. divorce versus before? Um, I think that before divorce, I was really just looking for a hangout partner. <laughs> you know, when I was, it was like, oh, how many things do we have in common? Can we live life together? Those types of things. And then as the progression of my relationship, you know, I I think that the biggest um, thing that I learned within my marriage is that sometimes fundamentally people are just not the same and there is no congruency in that. And there's no kind of fixing it in some way of like how you deal with life. And you, I, I found that it's hard to find somebody that has like a foundational element, the same that is you. And so um, I think that the first thing that I would do or what I did was like, I just wanted to figure out what, what I liked again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So dating is definitely different for the first, at first I was like, okay, I'm going to date because I want to hang out partner. And then after divorce, I'm like, I need to figure out who I am and what I want. And I think that vulnerability and having an open man that can share parts of himself, I think is one of the most attractive qualities, but also having an innate sense of confidence. And those two things don't always necessarily go together. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, if, if they did, it would be a perfect world, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But yeah, dating after divorce has been really interesting. I've never had so many weird experiences like things the, a lot of the reasons why I started writing about it was because I was like I can't even make this stuff up like I can't even imagine these types of things happening and here they are landing in my lap and I'm like is am I the only one that this is happening to and probably out, not you probably have our listeners like nodding right now like oh my god yes can you share one of these weird uh, situations you found yourself in Okay. So, um, here's, I thought this one was really funny. Okay. So I went, I'm, it's a first date. It's a, somebody that I meet online. Um, we go and meet at a restaurant. We sit and have drinks and dinner. The date lasts for three hours. Okay. I'm thinking things are going well. Um, maybe I'm thinking in my head, you know, maybe I'll go in and have a second date with this man. Um, so he pays the bill and I, I'm thinking it's, we're going to be leaving soon. So I go to the bathroom, I come back and he's gone. And I'm like, that's weird. Why did he, where did he go? And so I'm not a very patient woman. So of course I'm going to text him and say, Hey, did you leave? Because if he left, I'm not going to be sitting there any longer. I'm going to leave too. And so he says, do you want to sleep together? Oh Um, my God. And I was, I thought, uh, I mean, you're not even here. Like this was the moment you could have made your move, but like you disappeared and now you're texting me. So I said, you know, I'd prefer to take things slow. And he says, all the best. Come on. Not even joking. Okay. That's, that's one I haven't heard before, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, my, I went on one date before I met my now husband. Um, Uh and it was, so weird that I was like, forget it. I'm done. I'm not doing this. And, and then lo and behold, I met my husband a few months later, but yeah, I mean, I think we also are now in a place. I think so many women after divorce where it's no longer, I hope he likes me. It's, I hope I'm, I like him and I hope I can connect with him. Like we're not looking at it from the same lens of like, Oh my God, does he think I'm pretty? And so we can find so many more of these flaws and weird situations. Whereas before we might've settled for these weirdos. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that that really comes back to knowing yourself and knowing Mm -hmm. 
know, your value. I mean, we are so powerful as women and we are so valuable. And I think that a lot of times, especially in the dating arena, we lose sight of that because we start to see what is, we see ourselves through the eyes of others, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, what did he think of me? Or what is, how does he, how is he treating me? Or, you know, things like that. And I think it's really important for us always to remember who we are and what we want and what makes us happy and be be savage about getting those things. And if it's not congruent, if it doesn't all come together, if things aren't, if things feel like they're, if you're dating somebody and there's all these roadblocks and it feels like super hard and he's not really giving you the things and you're begging for love and attention, then you have to be strong enough to, to, to cut it and say, you know what? I deserve something bigger than this. I deserve something better than this and be okay being alone. And I think that's the number one thing of any, any divorcee that is going into the dating arena is be okay being alone because that will prevent you from settling ever. So if you're okay being alone, then if you go on a terrible date, it's not like you want to date this person. You're like, I'd rather just be by myself because I enjoy that time better than being with this miserable person. Yes. Alone is so much better than being in bad company as I'm constantly preaching. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. You posted something recently that made me reach out, which were these rules of engagement for dating Mm -hmm. after divorce. I want you to dive a little more into that because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of, can I talk a little bit about what my dating philosophy currently is? Absolutely. So I'm doing a bit of a social experiment because honestly, I've dated the same way my entire life. And here's how it's gone. I go and I go on a series of first dates. I then do an elimination process from there and date maybe a couple, go on a second date with maybe three or four different people. And then from there, I pick like the best of the four, right? But I'm usually committing too early by month two or three. I'm like, okay, we're going to become exclusive. And by month five, I'm thinking, wow, I'm now finally getting to know this person and I don't really like them. So I tell them I don't want to go out with them anymore. And then I start the whole process over again. And that really has hasn't been working for me at all because basically I'm just doing the same thing. I'm seeing a pattern in my dating and it is, 
it's, it's repetitive. And I'm like, I need to try something different. If you want a different result, you have to try something different. So what I did was I said, I'm going to be non-exclusive with anybody for six months. And the thinking behind that was, I th am thinking like, okay, well, I don't really, it takes six months to know somebody. So if I'm going to take six months to know somebody, then why am I going to commit to somebody that I don't know? So I was like, okay, but if I'm going to do a non, no, no commitment for six months, I need some rules because that just seems like uncharted territory. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, things could get a little, you know, crazy. And so that's where I came up with these rules of engagement. And there were rules that I kind of came up on the fly as I was going along. And um, the first one I think is really important, which is, you know, don't date, you have to have both physical and emotional chemistry with somebody. And you don't necessarily know that right away, but like, you don't just date to date. You don't like say, okay, well, I'm just going to go on. I'm going to date this guy so that I can date multiple people at one time, but there's really nothing there. You have to be not so selfish in the, in your choices and, and don't have filler. You know, you have to date people who have potential. And I think for me, having potential means that I have both physical chemistry with them and emotional chemistry. Mm -hmm. And the second rule is, um, I think that it's important, especially in this is to date multiple people at one time. That doesn't, that means just it doesn't mean, I actually, I'm not even going to put any rules on that because it means whatever it is that what you want to do at that time. For me, I think that dating multiple people at one time helps me not stay stuck on just one person. It helps me say, okay, there's a lot of people out here and I'm going to have an abundance mindset and choose the best of many instead of the best of like two. You know what I mean? So, um, and it helps me not like get laser focused on just one person, because if I am going to not commit to anybody for six months, then I can't be laser focused on this one person, which is actually very hard to do. I have to say that rule is very hard to follow. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, it, this sounds like work, like you're really putting in the work. You've made this like an Olympic sport, but here's a question I mean, that I get a lot about dating after divorce. When are you dating? Are you dating only when your daughters are with their dad? Are you getting a babysitter, putting them to bed and going out at night? Like when have you found like your flow in, in getting this time to yourself to explore the dating pool? I, for me personally, I share 50, 50 custody with my ex-husband. So I only date when I don't have my kids. I don't feel for me, my kids are old enough to ask questions. So if I'm going out or something, um, they're going to want to know where I am and who I'm going with. And I try to limit the amount of uh, white lies that I tell my children. So, and also I value my time with them. You know, I don't only, I only see them 50% of the time. So if I'm going to be with them for only 50% of my time, then I want to make sure that I really spend all of that time with them. So for me personally, I only date when I don't have kids. I think that's, that's great advice. And I also think it takes away like this element of guilt too, right? Like you don't want to feel bad. You want to enjoy this, the, the situation and really let go and be present. And that's hard to do when, you know, you've got kids at home, but there are so many women who listen to this and who follow me who are single moms who don't share custody, but they want to get back to their, their dating life and get their mojo back. So what would you recommend for them? I say get the babysitter. I say that it's really important for you to have a time for yourself and find your happiness. And whether that means that you get a babysitter to go and take on a new hobby or go out with girlfriends or go on a date, your kids will be 
totally and completely fine and probably even better than fine if they have a mother who has happiness within her and does the things for herself so that then she can pour that into her children. So I say that there shouldn't be any guilt about going on a date on a Saturday night if you have full-time custody of your kids and that you should do the things that help you feel alive and living and bring happiness and joy into your life because your kids are only going to benefit from that. I could not agree more. I, I totally like, it makes me proud every single day that my daughter can see me happy and fulfilled and being loved. Like I want her to know what it looks like to be loved. And so I think that you, that doesn't just happen. You have to like put yourself out there and be really committed to that process. And you deserve that time, especially as a single mom to step away and do what feels good. So have you gotten to a point in any of your relationships after divorce where you have introduced your children? Um, again, yes. And again, I didn't do it. I, I felt like I did, I did all the things the wrong way so I could figure out what the right way was. So <laughs> okay. I, yeah, so I was in a relationship with a man and it was, you know, rushed. It was a very rushed relationship and he met my kids maybe after a month. Definitely don't recommend doing that. It was, um, I really, I don't regret the fact that I had that relationship and I introduced them because it did allow me the lesson to learn and what not to do. Um, now I don't introduce anybody to my kids until at least six months. Um, it was the reason why is because during that relationship and after the relationship ended, it had a major impact on my children's lives. I had to really be very careful on, you know, kind of slowly filtering him out, you know, and really creating distractions for my kids. So it wasn't this like big, huge cut. And um, it was a long lasting thing. Like they'll even still ask about him or talk about him. So it wasn't a breakup between just him and I, it was a breakup between me, my girls and this man. And I think that that's really important to remember that any, any man that you bring into your relationship with your children, it's not, if, if it doesn't work out, it's a breakup for everybody, not just you. And, um, and you know, there's, and so I, so I'll have this rule of like, oh, I'm going to wait six months, but then, you know, I was, I was dating somebody else and my kids were knew that I was dating somebody and I didn't want to introduce him to them, but I was going out of town and they were like, really, my kids were really upset that they were, that their mom was going out of town with some random person that they didn't know. And they had, they communicated that to me and they were like, we want, so we want to know him. This makes us feel very uncomfortable. And I was like, wow, well, I'm good not for them for being able to say that. Right. I was, and I, and to me as a mother, it, it took me off guard because here I am thinking that I'm doing the quote unquote right thing by not introducing them. But here my children are telling me this makes us super uncomfortable and it's making us really upset. And we really need to, we want you to do something about it. So we came to a compromise and we did a, um, a zoom call where they could be introduced to him, but they didn't meet him. So he didn't have an impact on their lives after we broke up. It wasn't a big thing. So for me, I felt like that was a very good, um, kind of compromise when your children say, Hey, this makes me feel uncomfortable that you're going somewhere. And you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to date because if you don't want to introduce somebody to your kids, but you're out with them. And I talk to my kids every single day and we FaceTime every single day. So if they're like, where are you? You know, I'm like, I'm with a friend and they're like, pan the phone over. I'm like, no, you know, yeah, same. So and my daughter becomes, was doing that at like three years old. Like she was oh, not having it. 
Yeah, my kids are like that too. I mean, they're nine and six now, but they have always been little inspector gadgets. They want to know everything, who I'm with, what I'm doing. They want evidence, you know? So I think that like, you know, there's all these kind of like rules of things that you should do and not do, but sometimes life and your kids and the way the relationship that you have makes you kind of go find like a different compromise, you know, and find a way to figure it out. And the one thing that I know is that there's not one right way for every single person. You know, you just have to do the right thing for you at that time. That's really great advice. It's listen, the dating world can be scary. And then involving your kids is also something scary because you're taking a risk. For me, I found it, you know, kind of crucial that I saw if there was any chemistry between my child and the person, you know, when I met my husband, because I wasn't going to pursue a relationship any further with someone who didn't like fully embrace my daughter. And that was, that was important for me to see. And you're taking a risk, right? Like you don't know what the future holds, but you have to know enough about yourself and feel secure enough in your relationship before you bring your children in. And to that point, our children can handle honesty. Like I think you know, I grew up in a generation where my mom like didn't tell me anything. And today I'll be honest with my daughter about something. And she's like, don't tell her that. She doesn't need to know that. And I'm like, no, I don't lie to her, you know? And it's okay to say mommy's with a friend or mommy met a new friend for dinner and leave it at that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that that's, and I also think that I, I subscribe to the same philosophy as you do as I try not to lie to my kids, but there are certain things that they don't need to know, you know, and it is okay for us to draw a boundary with our children and say, mm-hmm. I'm with a friend and this is something that happens on my private time and I'm not comfortable sharing it with you yet. And when it does become more comfortable and I'm testing out the waters, I want to make sure that this is a good person for me and for you. And when I feel like they're the good person, I'll let you meet them. But until then, I'm just, I'm going to figure it out and investigate. And I think that that's totally natural and okay and honest to have a conversation to have with your kids and say, I'm sorry, you can't meet them right now. And here are the reasons why, because I want to vet them before I introduce them to you because you're that important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, I mean, privacy is important, but you know, I remember like being scared to tell my daughter I was even out for dinner because she'd ask who I was with. And that's when I would get up from the table and say, my friend is inside. You know, one day you can see my friend, tell me about your night and redirect the conversation because everything we, all of our conversations are on FaceTime. But I think this is great advice. And I think your blog is really candid and honest and um, entertaining for lack of a better word. I think if you are a mom who is just getting back out there and dating, it's helpful to hear about these experiences from other women. And that's why I was so excited to have you on today. Um, so what is, what's happening in your dating life now? Anybody good? Um, well, I have, so I nickname all the men that I see. I mean, I've been on a slew of terrible dates. I have one person that, um, that kind of was the person who introduced me to this dating philosophy of the no commitment for six months. And so I still see him and we're, we've become like really good friends and I'm like, have developed like a very interesting relationship. Um, that's like both has physical and emotional chemistry, which I'm really excited about, but you know, I'm still like, I'm committed to this process. And so I'm still dating and I'm still looking for, I don't know, the right person for me. So um, I went on two dates last night. They yeah. Were so, I were, they were, oh, two dates in one night. I went, I wow. literally went from one restaurant down the street to the, another restaurant down the, down the other street and met two so different like, people. What would, that's so sex in the city. Do you remember when Charlotte did that? 
and then got caught. Like she told the first one she had the flu or something. Um, what would you have done if the first one went well? Would you have canceled the second one? No, because I think that there's always an element of wanting more, you know, and mm -hmm. I had already, I live in LA, so traffic and driving and stuff would have been a, a difficult situation for them to be meeting at the restaurant. Then I made them come all the way out to where I live. So I think integrity is important in dating. If you say you're going to be somewhere and it's literally the hour within the hour, then you should probably go. But I think that for me, I think that I'm not in any rush. So if the first date went well, then I would have said, I'd like to see you again. And I would move on to my second date. And I even told him that I had a second date because he asked, he was like, I was like, I have to leave at seven 30. And he said, why do you have another date? And I said, yes, I do. And I think that there's nothing wrong with being open and honest like that. I think communi open communication is super important. I think that, I, I think that it's relationships, um, especially when dating, I think a lot of hurt feelings come from the, the hidden agendas, you know? So it's like, oh, why isn't he calling me? Why isn't he doing this? But like, really, he's just dating just like you are. And you should be doing the same thing. But instead, we hide it to pretend like we're in this like monogamous dating relationship right off the bat. But really, we're just all big fat liars. And we're all dating other people, but we just don't want to tell them because we feel like it's too, you know, what's it going to say about us? So I think honesty is super important in any dating relationship. In any relationship anywhere. I love that. Honesty is everything. Especially like, you know, you were in a situation where someone was dishonest with you. So you can really value the beauty of honesty that much more. And I'm sorry you went through that. But um, I think this has all been great advice and really helpful to hear for our listeners. What is one piece of advice you'd give to a mom who is just starting out on her dating after divorce journey? I would say invest in yourself before you invest in anybody else. 100%. When you're going and dating, I think it's really easy to get, if you don't invest in yourself and you don't have a very strong sense of self and, and know your power as a woman, then dating can eat you alive. You know, it will, it will tear you down. It will feel, it will, it will ruin your day, you know? So invest in yourself and don't look for somebody else to fill those pieces of you that you feel are missing. Find those pieces, identify those pieces, fill them yourself. And then you will be a whole person ready to present yourself to whoever it is that you want to date. Amen. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Carrie. Where can all of our listeners find you? Everything I'm doing is on my Instagram at Carrie Pyle Lawrence. And uh, my blog is at diaryofadorvorsay.com. So you can always see me there and uh, read. I have a I have a real-time book that I've been writing about my dating adventures called Memoirs of a Dating Divorcee. And every Love week I, I put out a new chapter. So today I'm going to put out chapter three, which is about dating Mr. Gray. And, um, and so we'll just see over the next six months where I end up and maybe I'll find Mr. Right. And maybe I will find a bunch of Mr. Wrongs. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you are like the Carrie Bradshaw of dating after divorce. And I love it. Everybody listening. I hope you go and check out more of Carrie. She shares some great stuff on Instagram. And obviously her blog is entertaining as that book sounds. I can't wait to check it out myself. Everybody listening. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.